0: the trails to the road to the track if it's running you'll find it right here on trail tales arp run wild hey everybody out there in podcast land welcome to trail tales arp a running podcast of course Um, i've got a great guest here today uh, ben all the way from australia and ben and i are actually kind of (laughs) related distantly Uh, Ben is married to my brother-in-law's sister and my brother-in-law is married to my wife's sister so there's our family ties right there Ben uh, thanks for joining me on the show man I really appreciate it and you're coming to us all the way from Australia so you're in uh, is it Melbourne right now or
1: Um, yes yes Uh, actually first thank you for uh, having me on Uh, yeah I guess we're Brother, brother-in-law is twice removed, or something like that. Some, yeah, um, something, like yeah, Yeah, I'm joining you from uh, Cheltenham, Victoria, which is southeast of Mel. Well, they say Melbourne here, um, Melbourne, Australia. So, um, yeah, awesome. So,
0: yeah, I was I was surprised. Um, Becky, our sister-in-law, I guess, <laughs> um, had said, "You know what? I've got uh, my brother-in-law in Australia." Ben's. Uh, a runner and you should get him on the podcast i said absolutely send him my way so that was i think before christmas and i emailed you a couple weeks ago and we set it up so here we are and it's 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 pretty cool yeah. man like um running is just such a great thing i've been doing it since 2012 and um you know real briefly i got into running it actually my journey into running started on my bike um, I started biking around everywhere and commuting to bike, uh, to work on my bike. And then winter came and I think I made it till December and it just got too windy and cold. So I figured I wanted to still stay active and then I just started running and then I fell in love with it and the rest is kind of history. But, uh, how about yourself? So you sent me a pretty impressive race list and you're, you're a very humble guy because you had said that, you know, <laughs> you're, you're, you're a hobbyist runner and, um, you know, I looked at your race list and you've got quite a number of races on there. I'm just trying to pull it up on my computer now, if you bear with me. And not not only um, is your list quite impressive, but it goes back to, I think it's 2007 you started. Is that is that right?
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, uh, I had just uh, quit smoking and uh. I felt like I needed to replace one, I guess, habit with with, with the hobby to keep me uh I keep my mind in check if you will and um yeah. it was right around the time i read a book by dean carnaz from uh, i think it's called the ultra marathon man yeah confessions of an all-night runner and that's from there i just had a motivation to run a 50 miler and it just you know so so your that was, interest that was kind of my my sorry go ahead Oh, that that was kind of my uh, my gateway into running. Uh, I was always a, a runner per se, but not not nothing like that. I never knew about marathons or more. Like that was it blew my mind when I found out people started you know ran these massive distances. Okay. Um, yeah.
0: Um. So before you had read that book and you learned about you know marathons and ultra marathons, what kind of what kind of running were you doing prior?
1: Um. It was. Really just military running. Like I I, I did four years in the Air Force and it was like, okay, we're going to run a mile and a half, two miles. Um, you've got to run it in 10 minutes. So it was speed running, which was not necessarily my thing. I was never much of a run as fast as I can, barely sucking in air, Um, try to get around this track so many times. I was never into that, uh, but that was the kind of running I did. And in the military, I wasn't a massive fan of it. And then once I learned, oh, you can, you can actually do this and slow it up a bit. You can still run fast, but you can slow it up a bit and kind of enjoy it a bit more, if, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, so, so military was kind of where I got into it towards the end. And then when I quit smoking, I really, really started to enjoy kind of just casually strolling around the, the neighborhood. <laughs>
0: Awesome. Yeah, I think I think one of the big keys is the enjoyment factor there, and um, you know it's it's just so important because a lot of people they get burnt out um, if they're focusing on times so they're training really hard or they're overdoing it. A lot of times, people end up just getting sick of it and they quit and they don't come back. Or if you're like me, when I first started running, I loved it so much that I ended up with injuries, ended up with a really bad case of IT band syndrome on both legs. And uh, I really had to kind of ease back on the mileage and stuff, but I didn't stop. I kind of worked my way through it because I knew there was a point that I could run without pain. And then once the pain hit, I would just call it quits and walk back or whatever. And eventually I got over that. I learned about, you know, foam rolling and all those types of things. And um, I changed the way I ran as well, because when I first started running, it was just running heel striking and trying to go as fast as I could. And then um, like, Very much like yourself, I read a book called Born to Run. I don't know if you've read that one, but a very popular book. And I learned all about kind of minimalist style running and forefoot running. And um, I kind of transitioned into that. And I haven't really had, actually, I haven't had any injuries related to running other than getting like a tight piriformis muscle every once in a while from not stretching. But uh, that's really helped me as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think I have read Born to Run. Is that the one about the the tribe in Mexico or something like that? That are just yeah. they're just like natural runners.
0: Yeah, the yeah. the uh, Tara Tamara. Yeah, with the with the Caballo Blanco, the yes. white horse. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. It, it, interesting book. Yeah. I, heard, I heard they're trying to make it into a movie, so I'll have to watch that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I so, actually, um, I actually injured myself as well. Um, trying, you know, when, the, uh, God, it was ten years ago when the five finger shoes they kind of made the their rounds. F- like the, yeah. the shoes where you put your toes in the little, you know, socks. And I yeah. and I at one point I think I was like, oh yeah, these we're supposed to be running barefoot, and you know, and 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 you know, like kind of like yourself, I just kind of went too far, too quick. Didn't really take years to get my feet ready and I think I ended up like hairline fracturing a metatarsal and I had to wear a boot for a month but yeah that was my my barefoot running claim to fame and (laughs) that was it lasted very very short period of time in my life (laughs) yeah yeah
0: so what did you do after you healed up what kind of what kind of shoes did you go in like how did you discover you know what shoes were good for you because obviously the the Vibrams we're, we're a bit problematic. Do you still run in minimalist type stuff?
1: No, I think for a little bit after that, I tried to switch to the very, very minimalist sold shoes. I think, um, there was a company called, uh, it was like Neuron or Neutron, uh, Newton's. Newtons Newton. Yes. Was. Yes. Yes. Um, I, I, I tried them for a little bit and I just, I it just, the pain wasn't worth it. And, you know, again, we've gone our whole lives, you know, not wearing, I mean, of course, when you're a kid, you're probably walking around barefoot, but you have gone your whole life wearing shoes. Why try to fight it? So yeah, I think in the, in the beginning of running, I was going to like a running store and getting them to watch my running. But as I've gotten older, I've just, I kind of know the, the, the brand and the, uh, like uh, Nike Pegasus, I'm I'm sure to, to run with those fine. And then I've been running with Under Armour recently, but I I don't necessarily go to a running store and have them watch my uh watch my gait and all that, and then and they you know recommend some ridiculously priced shoe. I uh, just kind of look for what's on sale and yeah, uh, no no particular brand. I'm not loyal to anybody. I have my companies I go back to, but I'll I'll, I'll run in Skechers, you know, from from Payless shoes. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't really matter.
0: Yeah, you're you're a lot like me in that regard. Um, I always try to get the shoes that are on sale. I'm a big fan of Ultra, and one of the main reasons I like those shoes is because they have such a wide uh, toe box and my feet are quite wide and I just find them very comfortable. Um, they do have the zero drop, but I mean, you can run four foot in, in any sort of heel, even if you've got like eight, 10 millimeter drop, Like that's not going to affect the way you're running on the forefoot. Um, but yeah, ultra, I really like it. I usually end up getting like the last year's model or whatever's on clearance so I can get them for half price and I'm so happy with them. Um, you know, uh, new balance is another brand I I kind of enjoy running in, but very much like yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if the price is right, I'll buy them (laughs) and try them out. Because, you know, I think at the end of the day, you kind of have to experiment a little bit, try on some different shoes and see what you like and what's comfortable. I know, um, my father had given me a gift when he learned I was running, he bought me a pair of Nike free shoes and I gave those shoes so many chances, but I had such an issue with them and I still don't know why it happened, but it always felt like, um, my socks were bunching up on the bottom of my feet. And it was almost like a, like a neuropathy type, type deal. Like something was going off my nerves. And I tried like, you know, five kilometers, 10 kilometers. Um, and it just, it happened. I couldn't run more than five kilometers without having that issue on my, on my feet. So I ended up just giving up on the shoes. Like I tried and tried and I thought, I don't know, something about those shoes just didn't work for me. It was weird.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I had the same issue with, um, I, and I'm not blasting the brand cause I actually love their, their, else besides shoes um solomon solomon i just every time i went trail running with solomons i would roll ankles i and I, I well there was one time i had run about four or five k into the woods and i rolled my ankle and i heard something pop like i had stepped on a you know a branch and it just oh, no. <laughs> and it was definitely my ankle it didn't break anything i think it just kind of popped out of socket and back in and i i just i swore i swore the solomon brand like i was you know cussing at them the whole time and had to yeah. walk out of the walk out of the woods for 4k like on a kind of a real bad you know hobble yeah. and after that i only wear everything else solomon backpacks you know like the, the the 12 liter everything else but the shoes i just cannot do so yeah. I, I definitely know what you mean there there's just some stuff you can't you just get a bad experience and then you just kind of get get something in your mind you're like no never go back oh
0: i know man it's just real how painful was that ankle oh my gosh i've, I've rolled an ankle before it hurts
1: yeah like when, uh, i think you- i that one specifically i went to um the the baltimore ravens um medical team not like hey i work for the ravens let me i, I went to a doctor and they were like oh yeah we uh we actually are the um uh, the, what do they call it? Kinesiology or something like that. They're sure. like, we're actually the, uh, kinesiologist for the Baltimore Ravens. And I'm like, Oh, I guess I'm in good hands here. And they, the guy ended up just saying, look, you've rolled a bad, stay off it. But yeah, I mean, if you, if you've run, you've definitely had injuries. Uh, if you, and if you haven't, it's only a matter of time.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So let's go back a little bit. Um, Uh, To your running. So you said, you know, you were kind of running in the military and it was almost like, you know, painful type running, right? Running as fast as you can meet certain times and stuff. And then, and then you discovered that, Hey, I can run and enjoy it and kind of take my foot off the accelerator a little bit here. And then you read this book by Dean Karnazes and you heard about 50 miler and you thought, all right, this is something I want to do. So what was your, what was your journey from the time? Like that you had that idea pop into your mind to kind of pursuing it and obtaining that goal because i'm I'm looking at your your chart here i've got it pulled up again in front of me uh your first 50 miler you did in 2012 so that's the year i started running actually and correct me if i'm wrong but this was a the north face endurance challenge so this was your first 50 miler all right awesome and uh that is correct that's a that's actually a pretty good time man. 10 hours and 39 kind, minutes
1: kind of kind of a funny story about uh, I never the goal was always a marathon. I I read that book and I because in that book he talks about running a 50 miler as 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 a um prerequisite for the 100 miler. So he needed to run a 50 miler in a certain amount of time to get um to qualify for the 100 miler. The 100 miler at that point in my life I was like impressive, not my thing. Uh, 50 miler, maybe let's just start with a, let's just start with a marathon. And I think, uh, Baltimore marathon, i positive. The Baltimore marathon was my first one. And, um, for that 50 miler there. So, you know, you, you obviously started a 5k, you got to half marathon. And then for me, when I would run these races, not so much the 5k, but the half marathon, when they have other longer distances at that race you, you, you're running and, and then you finish and you see these other people who've just done double and you almost at least for me I feel like I you know FOMO I'm watching <laughs> these people cross the finish line. I'm like oh man that could be me like I just did 13.1 probably could have just done 26.2 and, and then I just From that point on, from my, uh, I think my last half marathon that I did in Baltimore, I was like, never again will I sign up for the Baltimore marathon or half marathon and not just jump up to the to the full marathon. But in um, the North Face Endurance Challenge, that, okay, it's kind of a funny story because I had signed up for, I think the marathon Okay. and I was waiting in line for my bib and uh, I think somebody had announced, Hey, we're out of, I had already paid. So I had a marathon coming for me, but somebody had announced we're out of marathons. Um, bibs like pay here, not, you know, everyone who's already paid online, it gets it, but everyone who pays here and we're at, we're sold out. So don't, you can either do the 50 miler or less. Um, And a guy in front of me was like, Oh man, I I, I really wanted to do the, uh, the marathon, you know, I can do the 50 miler, but my wife just would be completely upset if I spent that whole Saturday running, you know, an extra 19 miles or, yeah. uh, I think that, uh, yeah, twice the distance or, and, uh, I got the thinking and, and then we're talking with the people around me in the line and all these guys are like 45, 50, 55. And I'm not even 30 yet, you know? Yeah. And they're like, Oh yeah, I remember my first 50 mile. I remember my first and they get to me, they're like, well, what distance are you doing? And I'm like, well, I guess now I'm going to be doing the 50 miler since all you guys are saying, you you know, so I, right off the bat, I told to the guy in front of me, I'm like, Hey, I'll, I'll give you my marathon spot. Just give me, you know, I'll just take a 50 miler spot. No problem. If you just pay the difference. And he's like, no. Oh yeah, that's great. That's, you know, thank you so much. So I jumped up heading, having no experience and, and have only running, um, I think one or two, uh, full marathons. I jumped up to the 50 miler and they like, it was like immediate regret. You know, like your first ultra, your first distance, and and no one in my family, no no one personally has given me any advice. So it was it was it was scary. It was very scary, needless yeah. to say. Yeah, for sure.
0: So, um, how how much lead time did you have? Like when you when you purchased the bib, that wasn't race day. Just want to make sure I'm following wrong. No.
1: Yeah, it was it was like the race was on fr- uh, Saturday, and that was like Thursday or Friday. Okay. I had like a, I probably had a day. I, I wish I would have had less than twelve hours to think about it, but I think I had like a full day and a half to re- really sink in that I just did something stupid.
0: <laughs> so, all right. So, you had a couple of days, a day and a half. What What did you do? Like, did you do like a crash course on what you needed for supplies and stuff, or did they did they have their own aid stations? Like, how did how did all that work? What did you What was your thought process in between the time you? realized okay i'm running a 50 miler now it's like now what
1: um i think i think after i had determined that i was going to be running the 50 miler, i started asking guys around me for advice that's the best thing you do is oh you've run a 50 miler you know what would you have any advice for me one guy was like oh you know nutrition 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 i don't know if you saw um i have a, a, a funny list of rules that i've compiled but most runners would have some list of rules or something, you know. They have their lessons learned, if you will. Yeah. Um, You know, one guy said, "Oh, sodium pills—that's the key," and that's actually the time in my life that I started taking sodium pills and haven't backed off of that since. Okay. And then one guy was like, "Oh, you gotta—you gotta put uh, vaseline on your toes so you don't get blisters." And it was just all kinds of bits of information from people right in front of me giving me you know hey this is what I've done before and this is what's helped me and this is what you shouldn't do so in that line I got a bunch of information and then after that I just went home and I was like kind of regret but kind of excited but definitely definitely nervous yeah uh, but no I didn't really do any research and I sure as hell did not run um from then until the race you know like I wanted to be as fresh as possible
0: yeah it's 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 almost overwhelming when you've got this information overload coming at you from all these people and you're trying to remember it and absorb it. And you know, what works for one person might not work for another person. So you kind of have to figure out what, what are my priorities, what's going to work. And it's almost like, you know, baptism by fire at that point, you're just kind of jumping in and and see what happens along the way. eh?
1: Yeah. And actually what's funny is that I ran another 50 miler for the north face endurance challenge and uh, i don't know if you're familiar with dean carnazes but he's sponsored okay. by north face and i actually met him oh, wow. at the next one and got his signature so so having run 150 in a couple ultras it was like now i've got to meet this guy who's gotten me into this and i told him that of course And he's like oh no you're you know you're the star and i'm like no you are you know but yeah i actually ended up getting to meet the um you know my at the time, my my ultra marathon kind of uh hero. And that's pretty awesome. Pretty cool.
0: That's pretty awesome. So you, you did you tell him this is your all, all your fault that I'm doing this now?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm sure he gets that a lot. You know, that book's probably inspired thousands of people. I mean, yeah. Or uninspired people, who knows? <laughs> <laughs>
0: who knows? It all depends on how you look at it, eh? So yeah. on yeah. so on that on that first race, how did you do? Like, did you at what point you know inevitably at at in any in any run you're going to kind of hit that area where you start to struggle a little bit unless you kind of have that you know that unicorn race where everything goes right but did you have that point in your first 50 miler where you kind of hit a wall or you just started suffering a little bit and how did you kind of navigate your way through that if it happened at all
1: I don't recall a wall I do remember there was three three 10 or 15 mile I think it was uh, not 15 miles like 10 I'm sorry three nine to 10 mile loops so you okay. ran to this area you did three loops and then you ran back I remember by the third loop I was like I hate loops I'm done with this you know um I remember on the way there I was running with uh you know as you do when you go on a, on, a, on a, one of these race runs you've end up talking with some other runners and one of the guys i was running with was a marine very much younger than me i was young at the time um he was you know probably in his really early 20s and um he was oh yeah my my my, uh unit has signed me up for this race because i told him i wanted to run this race and i'm like oh yeah what distance are you doing he's like i'm doing the 50 miler and i'm like oh yeah cool i am too you know because i started the marathoners and i just the marathoners and the 50 miles together, and I'm like, oh yeah, cool. But um, me too. I was like, what distance have you done before? And this guy's like, oh, just a 10 miler. And I'm like, wait, you haven't even done a, you haven't even done a marathon, and you're, you've gone to, you've decided to multiply your first, your only race by five. Like you're, you're out of your mind, man. You're out of your, I didn't <laughs> tell him that. I'm like, oh yeah, go, brother, go. You know, <laughs> x5. I, I, I had, you know, not to be negative on the guy, I, I had a pretty good feeling he would, because he was going at my speed, and I, and I, and I thought I was going pretty fast, but I, I at least had the marathon. I, he, and needless to say, on the second loop around, I had passed him once, and then on the third loop, I, he was completely just, he was almost walking backwards. Yeah, yeah. I was like, God, oh, good, good, good go, man. You at least made it like thirty, forty miles, but yeah, I don't, I don't think it ended well for him. But yeah, mm-hmm. so I, I didn't really hit a wall per se, because again, I was I was taking the sodium and I was taking uh, goose And of course I run with uh, mm-hmm. like a backpack with all the, you know, like a liter of water and all that. So I've never yeah. actually really, uh, unfor- I've never f- fortunately hit a wall.
0: That's, that's actually pretty good. So you're doing something right, obviously. Um, let me ask you in terms of your sodium, the tablets, I guess, and the goose. Do you have like a a schedule that you follow when you're running an ultra or you just kind of go by feel when you think you need it? This is Sean Sobon, the host of Trail Tales ARP, and you're listening to my conversation with ultra runner Ben Cordell from Melbourne, Australia. We'll be right back after a quick break. I'd like to give a quick shout out to two canine friends of the show Masca three years old and Olsen six years old. Both dogs run with their human friend Tiger Posey and Tiger submitted his pictures to the show recently and I'd like to highlight them on today's show. They both run for up to eight kilometers plus I think that's a really good distance and they are running out of North Carolina in the United States. So Masca, Olsen and Tiger I've got one thing to say, and that is to run wild. Thanks so much, guys.
1: If you are are at a point where you feel like you're losing your energy, you probably have already messed up somewhere. You should not get to a point where you're feeling tired. Um, but I know that if I'm climbing a massive hill, say there's 800 to you know anything more meters gain basically if you're climbing a mountain you're probably going to have to you know take your formula not like an actual goo formula but like your 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 timings you're gonna probably have to cut that in half and take a bit more because you're killing your energy but yeah my goos i'll take or some kind of food i'll take every forty forty 40 to 45 minutes and that's mm. pretty uh religiously and in my sodiums I usually do the same thing Um, okay I don't typically I use I used to run with more goos and sodiums on you know 20 25k 30k runs uh but now I don't really start doing goos until at least a half marathon or more um I definitely yeah. Uh, it's more, it's more so, uh, they just get so they're really expensive here in Australia. So yeah. for me to save a bit of money, I just learned to run, you know, just kind of use what's in the tank and not so much kind of take club supplements with me.
0: Very good. Very good. Um, are there, so when you're taking the, the sodium tabs and the goose, um, do you take them together or do you kind of like, um, kind of stagger them so you don't have to take them all at once?
1: Uh, I, Uh, So that's where that 40, 45 minutes come into play. Usually I'll take a, at at 40 minutes, I'll take a goo. And at 45 minutes, I'll take a sodium. So I have like a five minute digestion thing.
0: Okay. Very good. Um, have you ever, because the jaws can be so expensive. Do you have any kind of like homemade stuff that you'll take with you, uh, to kind of save on the cash and maybe change things up a bit?
1: Yeah, actually. And it's not, it doesn't have to be. Uh, homemade but my wife and I have dabbled in beef jerky oh yeah and beef jerky actually is it, it sounds disgusting to someone who probably doesn't like to eat when they're running but I'm telling you beef jerky definitely breaks up the the monotonous of of paste you know like yeah. it's something you could chew on Kind of gummies are good you know you could do gummies but yeah homemade we do we make our own beef jerky and uh on my longer runs. We'll, uh, we'll take a, you know, 100, 200 grams of beef jerky on me, you know, with me. Oh, yeah. it's the best.
0: Oh, I, I'm a big fan of beef jerky. Now, I've never made it on myself uh, by myself, but uh, I, I mean, I usually buy it when I'm at work or doing a shift or whatever. I've never had it on a run, but uh, it's a great road trip food, man. You get chewing on that. And it, it kind of. Yeah. um, makes you more mentally alert as well, right? Like just the chewing of it yeah. and everything. So it's, it's a really good food. I might have to try that on my next one. And yeah, like the gummies or the jelly beans are really great. I tell you, um, I have a bad habit of setting like goals for myself and wanting to run bigger distances and then I never trained properly for them. It's just my schedule with my young kids. I can't, I can't dedicate the time. I've only trained properly for one race and it was my first half marathon that I had actually competed in. And I did, I did well in it as, as far as my goals and everything went, but I wanted to run a marathon one year and uh, it was March and it was a really nice day and looked outside. I'm like, eh, I'm going to go, I'm going to run that today. Like no training, just my regular running, you know, running like, you know, five, 10 Ks, maybe some, maybe some longer, like maybe half marathons on weekends or whatever when I had time. So uh, packed my camel back. I had some jelly beans and stuff like that and some m ms I figured out ah, this will be good. And I ran and, yeah. um, you know, I made it to the halfway point feeling good. And then I turned around and and then slowly, but surely it's kind of like you said, I didn't take in any of, any of my, like my sugar or whatever. I didn't really have nutrition. it was just like the gummy bears and, and the, the M&Ms and stuff. And I didn't start eating those until I started to feel hungry. So it was already behind the eight ball, right? Less, I always learned things the hard way. So I really started breaking down. And, um, all of a sudden the, the weather changed on me. And this like cold front came in and then sleet and then snow and the wind just came in and I was underdressed and I was freezing and I'm suffering along and I'm like, I got to finish this. And sure enough, I see, um, my wife driving towards me because I just had this feeling for about 10 minutes. I'm like, I'm going to see her soon. I know what, and I'm on a back country road and it was very hilly and stuff, right? Like in Ontario, the train's just very rolly. We don't have mountains or anything, but anyway, so that was probably one of my other mistakes is picking a really hilly road. <laughs> but, uh, so there she comes and she's like, do you want to get in? And I could, she rolls her window and I could feel the heat coming from the car outside. I was so tempted. I thought I got like nine K to go. And if I don't, if I don't finish this, I'm never doing it again. So I'm like, no, I'm going to go. So she, she rode, drove beside me as long as she could. At this point, I was pretty much walking and then my kids were in the car, my young ones. And, you know, I started to try to run. I was forced myself to kind of run and keep moving, run, walk, run, walk. And, and eventually the kids got bored of staying there with me. So she took off to Tim Horton's, And then came back, she had some like potato wedges and some Timbits. So I kind of fueled up on those. I said, you just go, I'll meet you at home. And I ended up finishing it, but man, did I suffer near the end? And it was just, just one of those things. I thought, man, like, I'm glad I did it, but that hurt, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of Tim Hortons, I really, I really do miss Tim Hortons. I, are such a good, good, such a good uh, shop. eh?
0: Oh my goodness! Yeah, I I'm pretty there. I'm pretty much there every day, picking something up, you know. But
1: uh, yeah, they <laughs> have the they, same way.
0: Yeah, they've expanded into the states too a little bit, eh? But I guess they haven't made their way over to Australia yet.
1: <laughs> no, they don't. They don't know uh, the joy that is donuts in the morning here. They have donut shops, but it's not the same. And bagels—they're not like I'm big on bagels. And yeah. I found one place in Melbourne that Pitt makes an okay bagel, and I'm so used to that bagel that it, to me, it's great. But if I had just come over here fresh and gone to this place, I would have been like, what is this? You know, (laughs) but I just got so used to it that I, I claim it's great. But when it's, you know, so if someone comes to visit me and goes there, they're probably going to say, this is shameful, shame, shame, shame.
0: Oh man, that's too bad. Hey, you know, speaking of (laughs) bagels, a little off topic here, but our grocery store used to have these really great bagels they made in house and then we went there and they they cut them down to half the size We're like what is this and the owner's like oh they're corporates making us they're shipping them in now they're not letting us bake them anymore and man what a disappointment it's just not the same so i, I feel yeah, your pain the same,
1: the, the same thing happened with dunkin donuts which is why tim hortons is better and i will i'll end that right now because dunkin donuts started getting really stingy with the frosting and the, and and they're like you said, they ship it in, they bring it and make it in some factory. Whereas I remember back in like the early nineties, they used to make the donuts on site. And then once they started doing it at a factory, it was just, Oh, you know, you only get two ounces of frosting instead of four. And, uh, they just Dunkin' Donuts went downhill quick.
0: Yeah. You know what? Sadly, like, I don't know. I ha- we used to have a Dunkin' Donuts near the airport and I used to go there cause I liked the coffee and it was just different. Right. But they're gone now. But Tim Hortons kind of did the same thing where they don't make them in house anymore, which is really disappointing. But, uh, I yeah. mean, it's- Tim Hortons everywhere. It's still pretty good, but, uh, there's a grocery store in town uh, called Zayers. And, uh, that's my go-to place for donuts, man. They're, they're like, they're like the size of your head and they got all this frosting and they have like cronuts and like sprinkles and Boston cream and they're just huge. So every time I go to the grocery store, I'm like, I got to get some donuts.
1: Yeah. Good. Yeah, man. So that's what, um, what, what. What part of uh, Ontario are you in? Are you near uh, Becky and Lee? Are you near Dundas?
0: Dundas. Uh, we are yeah. fr- from Becky and Lee. We're about uh, it's about an hour and a half, hour forty minutes from them. We're in Dufferin County. So if you know Orangeville, we're just uh, about twenty yep. minutes northwest of Orangeville in a town called Shelburne. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So so we're there. It's 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 pretty neat though. When we do go visit Becky and Lee, we can get there through the back road, so we don't have to go on any highways or anything. It's not a bad yeah. drive oh. at all.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They actually have a really, uh, they have a really epic hill that at some point in my life, uh, I would like to put, put the shoes on and try to run up and down it. Like, I think they say, I think her dad was saying um, that the Olympic bikers train on this hill. Like it's kind of coming down into Dundas.
0: Yes. It's the, it's uh Sydenham, I believe is the name
1: of the road. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, I can't. I can't. At some point in my life, I'm gonna be running that thing because it's it's pretty pretty treacherous. <laughs> well,
0: well, when you're over here and you do that, call me up because I'll join you. I love hills. I love. I love yeah, climbing. Definitely. I love definitely. climbing. It's just one of those things I love to do. Like if there's if there's an incline or steep incline, I just attack it. Like there's no walking up those things for me. It's just uh, something yeah, I've
1: always cool. liked to do. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, so good. I will definitely we'll definitely be hunting the hills. <laughs>
0: Absolutely, man, for sure. Um, So let's get I emailed you some questions. So why don't we kind of get into those into those questions here? Because like ultra running is is a is its own kind of animal, right? Very different than than even training for kind of marathon stuff. And, and, um, you know, ultra marathons typically start at like a 50k, which would be like your shortest one, I guess, and they can go up to 100 miles, whatever, even even beyond, we get like kind of these multi-day events right um so i guess i guess my first question for you ben is when you're just doing your typical running and you, you don't have a race in mind what's kind of your your weekly mileage just for kind of your typical training stuff
1: um uh, i uh i would call that kind of a maintenance mileage yes, or maintenance. i guess some of it junk mileage um i don't have any set thing. I, I I think a rule of thumb for me is get at least a marathon's worth of mileage. Cause you know, just like you, I, we, I have a day job, you know, I don't, yeah. I don't have the time to be out on the trails or out on the roads running for hours upon hours and have to be quite honest. Half the time I come home, I'm barely have the energy to let the dogs out. Yeah. Um, But I think my rule of thumb is as long as I do 42 K or 26, Miles a week, and I think in 2020 I was averaging uh, a 60k a week, which is it's pretty good, probably my best ever. So.
0: All right. And you managed to keep that kind of throughout the whole year, which is pretty good. I think uh, 2020 was, was pretty challenging for people. I know there are a lot of runners that were saying they lost motivation to run because there were no races for them or they were signing up for virtuals. And I guess it's just not the same, but do you find that you need a race to motivate you to kind of run and do stuff or do you just, just run all the time just cause you love it?
1: Um, I thought, if you would ask asked me before 2020, yeah, I would have said I, it, it helps a lot to have a race to motivate you. But then I found other ways to motivate, like, oh, I can try to break my 10K PR, or I can maybe run up to the CBD and back. And, and then, of course, in Victoria, we had six to eight weeks of pretty hard restriction where they gave us a 5K radius. And I was like, okay, this... Oh, man. I could okay. I need to try to get 10K in this 5k and not leave this little <laughs> circle that I have uh have been allotted me. Yeah. And uh and they also gave us like an hour to run. So I was like, okay, how far? How many how, what what is the maximum distance I can run and not break that hour restriction? So basically just running all out fast for an hour, and I think I got to 14.25k in one hour, which is okay. Not terribly impressive for you know some of the 5k sprinters, but for me it was like mind blowing that I got above 14k in an hour.
0: Yeah, no, that's uh that that's actually pretty good. Like uh, I was telling you earlier before we started recording, I went out for just over 12k with uh Piper the Wonder Dog as I call her today, and we did it in just just over an hour. I think it was like an hour and two minutes or something. So. I mean, I was happy with that. And for her, uh, that's her second longest run since I started running with her. So I was pretty happy. And like I said, man, when she, when she wants to go, she's running at like two minutes, 20 seconds per kilometer. And I'm just trying to stay on my feet at that point. But, uh, again, I can't, I can't keep that up for very long. And, uh, you know, with her on average, like if we're running together, like if I'm running at like you know, 515, 530 per kilometer, she's just kind of sauntering along. Like it's not even a gallop for her at that point. Right. So I try to pick it up for her every once in a while. It's almost like a fartlek run with her, right? Okay. Let's go. And she, she takes off and then I hold on for dear life until I can't, uh, can't go anymore and I slow her down.
1: So so actually two things. One, um, do you run, have you had her in the summer yet? Will you run that same distance in the summer or or clearly when it heats up, you dial back a bit or?
0: Yeah. So I've been primarily running with her shorter distances. Like the most I'll take her on is like a five K. Um, but today she seemed to have a lot of energy and I'm kind of wanting to start to start to build her up a little bit. So our last long run, uh, you know, it's all relative really, but we did about just over, I think it was eight and a half K. So I wanted to build her up a little bit more, but yeah, in the summertime, um, we'll keep it short and fast. So anywhere like in three to five, Um, we did run together last summer, but that's when I just introduced her into running, right? Cause she's, she's going to be a year now, um, in another week. So in the summer, it was very infrequent, very short, but I just kind of wanted to get her used to the leash and the canicross style of running that we do. They're attached to like an umbilical line. So it just wraps around my waist and then she pulls out. And the whole idea behind the sport is that they pull. It gives them a chance to kind of pull. Like I said, it was kind of like a dry land mushing for mushing dogs, uh, that kind of came around. It's kind of yeah. evolved into its own sport now. Um, so we're actually doing, um, it's a virtual competition around the world called Iron Paws and it's a stage race. It goes for eight weeks. It just started on New Year's Eve. So we're just running, uh, we can you know, um, register four runs a week. And then you kind of, they give you points per mile that you run. And I mean, it just, it's just a great way for me to kind of get her out and kind of start to build up her base and everything. Right. So I don't want to, I don't want to push her, her, her safety is my number one priority. Right. But, um, what a great bond being her have built through running. I really do love it. So I'm hoping that, uh, we can carry on for many years to come. Yeah,
1: good, yeah. good. And the, uh, the second thing was you, you mentioned fart legs. You, it was like running fart legs with her. That's not a term that they know, they know in Australia. So the first time I mentioned, oh, yeah, I'm going to do some fart legs today. They're like, I'm sorry, fart what?
0: You mean <laughs> interval?
1: Interval training? I'm like, yeah, same thing. Well, we call it fart legs. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. <laughs>
0: that is funny. I didn't know they didn't use that term there. I mean, first time I heard that term, I was like, what is this? And then you learn it. Yeah. The same here. Same here. Yeah. Yeah. It just becomes part of your vocabulary after that. But yeah. So yeah. much, so much fun, man. So uh let's move on. Let's move on down our questions here. Um, so with your with your list of runs, um, what would you consider to have been your best race to date? And then kind of what standards are you looking at to your best races? Something like Let's let's go with your performance. What's been your best performance so far? And then if it's the same race or a different race, which one have you enjoyed the most?
1: Um, performance, like overall, I would say recently I ran, well, in 2019, I ran a Grampian 60, they call it a 60 plus K race. Um, but I think I came in 11th on that race. And it was, it was the... Um, the first annual so they just they just had just started that distance for that um they called it the wonderland race and the grampians okay. and uh, i don't know i just just it was just a quick run i wouldn't say that was my favorite run but in terms of finishing it was yeah it was i was running pretty fast i was cooking
0: yeah that's pretty awesome was it a painful race for you
1: Uh, No, not necessarily. It was actually very cruisy. After we got through kind of the mountains and then Hall's Gap, uh, there was a very, very long, um, very slow descent down the mountain. It was like 15K, just cruisy, kind of razorback, long razorback, uh, just cutting back down the mountain. It was very cruisy, very, at least for falling. It was like perfect conditions. It wasn't too hot. It wasn't too sunny. Uh, and I just, I just remember having so much in the tank cruising down this hill, getting to the checkpoint and I'm saying, oh, you guys only got 10 K left. And I'm like, oh man, i and like, what place am I? And they're like, oh, you're 10th or 9th or something like that. I was like, oh yeah, I got this. Nice. And, uh, you yeah, actually think that the number one girl, uh, was behind me and she cruised past me. Oh, she was, she was flying and she just made it look so easy. And she, you know, she actually stopped next to me, like, you know, slowed down to my pace and she's like, do you want, you want to, you want to run a bit and chat? I'm like, no, go, go. Like (laughs) you're, you're smooth. You're smoking me. Go like, thank you. I appreciate it, but good. Just get out of here. You know, I just remember she, and someone had told me, Oh, she's a sub three marathon and I'm like, Oh, that explains it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. That's pretty impressive though, man. Like, that's a good finish. That's a good finish for sure. Um, okay. Let's move on here. Yeah, let's see. It
1: was, um, it was enjoyable.
0: Yeah. Um, we are kind of running short on time. So we're going to kind of get through these questions quick. I don't want to miss any though, Ben. Um, what, what is yep, your, yep. what is your favorite distance to run?
1: Um, favorite distance is probably a 50 K just cause it's just over a marathon. It's, you know, you don't really need a lot of uh, nutrition and supplement. You can, for me just cruise right through it
0: okay it's, it's a satisfying distance
1: yeah yeah that's probably awesome. my favorite
0: all right um and for you what do you consider essential gear for race day why don't we talk a little bit about nutrition
1: um i won't go into too much because it just depends on where you're at here sure. in australia snakebite bandage obviously your gps watch um uh-huh. I, I use a garmin fenix five and uh for me, also a lot of a lot of water, sodium, and gels. But the awesome. snake bite bandage here is I've never actually seen a snake um well, I've seen one snake, but I've never actually like encountered a scenario where I could have been bitten, but it's definitely uh detrimental to running in the outback.
0: ah uh, fan, for sure, I hate snakes myself, so uh yeah. Oh, man, yeah, I guess some, that's something <laughs> you wanna have just in case you need it, right um, yeah, yeah for sure, man. Um, and in your regular training, uh, when you're getting ready for a race, do you incorporate speed work into that? And how often do you do that in a week, typically?
1: Uh, I don't incorporate it myself, but one of the guys I run with, who I, I would actually recommend you uh, doing a podcast with as well after this, Jaden, uh, just keeping up with him is is more than enough training. I usually usually struggle to keep up with him. So awesome. that's usually my, uh, my trail speed trials.
0: Awesome. Well, you have to have to send his contact info my way for sure. I'll reach out to him. Um, yeah, definitely. Okay. And, uh, lastly here real quick, um, you have an upcoming race in like a week or so. Why don't you tell us a, a little bit about that real quick?
1: Yeah. Two bays, uh, two bays, 56 K race, basically running from Port Phillip to, uh, i don't know if it's necessarily a bay but it's the ocean side uh it's in the mornington Mornington peninsula uh, i i was supposed to run it last year and i actually got a, a head cold the night before so i had to back out so i'm okay. you know attempting it this year uh yeah it should be good it should it'll probably be warm because it's you know, we're getting to those 30, 30 to 40 degree days. So, yeah. but, um, yeah, it's uh, basically run from Cape Schonk to Germana and then back 2000 meters gain, 56 K distance should be a fairly cruisy run. Um, and my goal is to run it in five and a half hours. So I, hopefully, Shouldn't no have a problem oh, getting that.
0: That's awesome, man. Pretty, You're a pretty talented runner from what I can see. And uh, you keep that up. Ben, it's, it's been a pleasure having you. I wish we had more time to talk. But uh, I'd like to invite you back after that race is done and we can talk all about it.
1: Yeah, cool. That'd be great, man. I'll take photos too, so you can pop some of them up on the screen if you want. If you absolutely,
0: absolutely, absolutely, man. So listen, I'm going to leave you with my standard saying here that we tell all our guests, and that is to run wild, my friend. And we'll catch you on the flip
1: side, Ben. All the best of luck in your upcoming race. Thanks for that, Sean. Appreciate it.
0: Trail Tales ERP now has a brand new YouTube channel. You can head over there through our website and check out all our latest videos. And please don't forget to subscribe. If you could also leave us a review on wherever you get our podcast from, that would be greatly appreciated. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at trail underscore tails underscore ARP. And you can also join our Strava running group at trail tails ARP. Thank you so much for your continued support. Run wild.